Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Welcome back, everyone, to the 103rd recording of the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. So... I was going to say, I want to say it's been like a month at least since we've done a recording like this with our normal setups. Yeah. It's, uh, it almost seems vaguely alien, but this is sort of the normal way that we do things, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, it's, I had to reinstall Windows on my computer and I just realized that I didn't have Skype on and I actually didn't realize that it's only been a few weeks since I reinstalled Windows. So that was kind of a bit of a i don't know shock maybe no is that because you got a new computer no dude i've been having way too many problems with these operate with the windows 10 windows 8 and windows 10 i haven't i haven't had a stable operating system since windows 7 and even this newest installation of 10 it just seems like every time i do it i do an install something goes wrong so right now the uh the cortana search function so basically you could just you know press the Windows key or go to the start menu and you can search for a program that you want to use and then it'll come up, right? Mm-hmm. And it searches for files. It does. It searches for all sorts of things. And so it finds files just fine, but installed programs can't find. hasn't been able to do it since I reinstalled Windows. Like I, from the very first second that the, that the, the, uh, the operating system booted, the first thing I always do is install Chrome. And when I try to start Chrome, it wasn't finding it. And that's how I realized it was broken again. Gotcha. But we're all good now. Well, that's still broken. I, I, I just don't have the pa- I really don't have the patience for it. It's really frustrating. This is probably the sixth or seventh time across different uh, computers that I've had to reinstall Windows. It's just highly frustrating. Oh, this sure. version of Windows, Windows 10. Windows 8 had its own problems. Well, what were the problems there? Uh, so there were, there were more, I, I want to say driver issues driver compatibility issues it's hard to say whether it was the fault of windows per se or if it was the fault of the hardware manufacturers who were supposed to be developing drivers for the operating system and so my my laptop had major wi-fi problems to the point that i couldn't update to windows 8.1 and i eventually just stayed on the standard like eight the entire time because if i ever updated to 8.1 i connect to the wi-fi for a little bit and then all of a sudden, I would just get disconnected, and I couldn't reconnect until I reset the uh, until I reset the uh, the driver, and that was just a temporary fix. So, gotcha. Yeah, not not happy with my with my technology these days, <sighs> or at least you know my phone's been great. I'm not happy with my computers lately. No, it doesn't seem like it. But I'm glad that I'm glad that at least. For for the for the for the sake of this thing, we we've got it going. Yeah, yeah, set for here. Yeah. So, I uh, I was at this birthday party on Friday. Well, Friday was interesting because long week. Um, had some people in from Scotland, sort of hanging out with them all week. A lot of fun, but you know, you come down the Friday night and you think to yourself. Man, I don't want to do anything right now but just sit in front of my TV, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, a good friend of mine, he's having his birthday party, and I go, okay, you, you guys are trying to get there by 10, 30, 11. 
Uh, if I get home at like 8, then what I can do is I can run to the grocery store, pick up my food, and just start cooking. So I was able to, you know, cook a lot of food Friday night. And then when I'm done cooking, I realize, okay, it's around 10 o'clock. Let me shower. Done. 10.30. And I'm like, okay, I think this is when people are going to start to head out. And I confirm with a few people. So I took the train from where I live down to the, uh, or rather up to the Upper East Side. And this is just, you know, when a, you love it when a plan comes together because we all got to the place probably within 30 seconds of each other. <laughs> and I'm standing outside because I don't like going into places where I don't really know anyone. Um, cause I just feel like John Travolta, you know, just sort of like, where, what am I doing? Are you, are you, know? you making a Pulp Fiction reference and you've never seen that part? Well, you've seen that part of the movie, right? I don't know if I have seen that part of the yeah, movie. Yeah, you said you got to the part where she ODs, and that's right before she ODs. That's right before she ODs? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um. So, yeah. I, I, I'm i allowed to make that reference, because I've, I've seen that part, supposedly. Uh-huh. Okay. And and it was great. I you know I didn't think I was going to be able to stay that long, but then I had a great time. I ended up staying at that uh, little bar slash club till like, 1.30 in the morning. And then... People were like, oh, we're going to this other uh, shisha place. And I go, yeah, I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to go home. Um, <laughs> but then these two guys, shout out to Joe and Nikki T, who, by the way, because it was, uh, like a, you know, like when you go to a birthday party, it's like a melting pot of different uh, people's friends groups. And you're just like, yeah. oh, let me sit with my group, whatever. So there's a, there's a pretty decent amount of mixing of the, of, the, of the two friends groups. And what I did was I kept introducing... Nikki T as the owner of the place and that his uh and his good friend Joe as his business partner and people just ate that shit up. So I was like, yeah, this is Nikki T really? the owner of the place and this is his business partner Joe. Yeah, so what I what I was having I was having a conversation earlier and I realized that it's easier to commit to big lies. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Is it because you know it's just kind of like you, it's it's part of a game? Is that it's part of a game at that mean? point? Yeah, okay. it's part of a game. I feel like if so, there's like there's two schools of thought, right? There's this, there's a thought that uh, if you commit to a big lie, it's a game, and you realize that it's make believe, and now you're just starting to create a character. That's one part of it. The other half might say, well, it's easier to make little lies because you're basing the lie on like mostly truth. And you're just starting to like turn the dial on a few things. But to me, that subtle change of the dials could be something that you miss. I feel like it's just more fun to commit to a big lie. Um, <laughs> Fair enough, I guess. Yeah. But it was so at, at the end of the night, um, Joe and Nikki T are like, oh, we're really hungry. And I said, yeah, I could eat because I haven't eaten since like 8 and it's one thirty, and I'm still up and I'm out. So we sort of buzzed off. And when I got meatballs, uh, we went to this place called Meatball Shop, which they just specialize in meatballs of like all different types of meats and like all different ways to eat it. It's great. What was funny is we walk in and we're in the Lower East Side location. There's a bouncer in front of this restaurant. And we walk in and he goes, oh, guys, 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 I'm actually the, the host of this place. And then Joe goes, I think his name was like Benton or, or Benson or whatever. He goes, hey, Benton, it's me. He goes, oh, hey, it's you. Hey, come right on in. And we're like, you need to explain yourself right now. Because how right. how the heck do you know that? Uh, or rather, how Benson. do you know the Benson? How do you know Benson? He goes, oh, years ago we used to 
come here all the time and I don't think he remembers me at all, but I remember his name and he acted like he knew me, so we, we were all good. It just seemed like he, I don't understand what like his the the bouncer's deal was because it was we got there at like one forty five in the morning and I mean there was tables occupied with people but it wasn't like at capacity where he would be turning people away. So when he comes when he comes around he goes, Hey, hey, hey I'm the uh, I'm the host of this place, what's up? We we're like, Yeah, okay. Can we get a table or nah? Um but it was just funny that Joe was able to just like smooth talk our way in where he turns from, you know, I'm the host of this place, so yeah, wherever you want. But One uh of the perks of just knowing the right people, I guess. Knowing the knowing right Benson. people. Benson. You you know Benson, you're good to go. Yeah, yeah I feel like his name is Benson. I might have made that up. <laughs> now you're gonna have a whole bunch of people who listen to this podcast and live in New York City, which is thousands and millions of people, go over to the spot and be like, Hey Benson, what's up? He's like, Oh yeah, yeah, I know you. Yeah, hey. Yeah. Go right in. So one of the things that I so I, I met up with at this party, I didn't meet up, I I was introduced to a good friend's uh new girl that he was seeing and we just started talking and we were talking about how, uh, like, at the end of the day, guys are more emotional than girls in relationships. Um, sort of like how Hollywood would lead you to believe that women are just always, you know, crying or hysterical about things. But it's really the guy's sort of jealousy that makes them do crazy shit. It's just sort of having that conversation. And the question was, like, what are... What are certain traits about yourself that other people could see as a bad trait of yours or like a weakness? Um, like I went on, I think I told you this, I went on this date recently and it was towards the end of the date and I still had a lot of work to do. I, I picked a place right across the street from the office and I go, you know, what's something potentially embarrassing about yourself that you, that, that you think might be embarrassing or, or rather that you think other people might find embarrassing. And I go, let me start. I like to play video games. Um, and then she started laughing and she goes, that's kind of a deal breaker for me. And I go, great. That's, that's that kind of stuff is just good to know now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, she just said that she, really... yeah, she's like, I, I can't understand how people waste their time with that kind of stuff. And I go, I mean, you're totally allowed to see it that way. I think video games have brought a lot of positivity into my life. Um, but I'm not, I'm also not going to be like trying to hide my video game playing around you. You know what I mean? And plus, I don't, I, I only just met you. So I want to stick to my guns. <laughs> yeah. You stick to your guns. You're right. It's all good. Um, and here's the thing I find weird about that though. I feel like video games have this, uh, stigma that's associated with them because back in the day let's go back 20 years the people that played video games were typically like the geeky type of kids you know they weren't or adults they weren't like the cool it wasn't the cool thing to do nowadays you have all sorts of demographics playing video games and I think that it's still the stigma that was associated with gaming from back in the day that stuck around to, to now but really like when when I hear arguments about that or hear people say they don't like video games. I'm just like, well, what's the difference between a video game and TV, really? If you're just engrossed in a story, like if you're playing a single-player game, you're just engrossed in a story, the difference is that you're just playing the role of the character. 
if you're watching TV, you're just sitting there watching TV. Like, is it that, is it that different? Is it that much of a difference in waste of time, so to speak? Mm -hmm. I mean, even reading a book, right? Reading yeah. a book, watching TV. I just feel like these are all mediums of storytelling. Now, when the two of us are gaming together, that's some, that's like, we're not playing a story game, but that's kind of the, the two of us keeping in touch. <laughs> it's almost like the two of us on the phone are like doing this podcast. That's kind of how this came to be, right? We're just like telling stories to one another while gaming at the same time. Exactly. And what's interesting about that is there's two sort of parallel experiences that you and I tap into when we play video games. First one, like you said, social, right? You and I are playing a multiplayer game. We're just there to like play together. Hopefully, you know, have some funny moments that we can record and just tell right. stories. And then there's the other one where you and I are both playing super distinct and separate single-player games. Like, even even these past few nights, right? Like, you and your Ron, a good friend of ours, playing Battlefield. Super uh, multiplayer-focused social experience. And me, while still in the same party, playing Hitman, which is a super singular experience. Right. And... And it's just sort of nice to, I think, be doing the same thing but different things. It's almost like when you're in a room with somebody and they're doing something and you're not, and you're doing something else, but you're just sort of like still like hanging out. Yeah, absolutely. That's how I see it. Yeah, but her, I mean, I, I understand her point of view. I get it. It's still got a stigma to it. Whether it's whether we've come far enough to understand that, like. We all play games of some variety. You just might not know it's a game. Yeah. Like, the way Fitbit gamified. Like, everything's everything has such a gamification layer to it that, like, this is just a more, not a more pure form of it, but this is closer to the source material. And let's not even forget mobile games, which has really captured the entire world. Like, billions of people playing mobile games. And I think that some people just don't really consider that game because it's not like a quote-unquote hardcore game where you're using a mouse and keyboard or a controller. You're just tapping away on your screen. But regardless, it's still captivating your attention. You're still engaged with it. You're still – you're the active player yeah. when, you, when, you're, when, you're, when, you're, when you're using those games. So that definitely counts too. It's uh... – so, so that was one thing that I was thinking about. Another one that, that I was thinking about was, so after college, you start to hang out with the people you want to hang out with. And you sort of find out that, you know, your time's really precious to you and you work so long that whenever you do get a chance to breathe, you want to hang out with friends, you probably want to hang out with the people you want to hang out with as opposed to forcing things. So what I've developed, and this is not a not the best trait of mine, because I used to be, I think I used to be better at this, um, but just not being able to h hide my disdain for people, <laughs> I think is the word. I think I'm pretty good at making small talk. You know, I've learned to do that pretty well. You know, uh, I think Jerry Seinfeld taught me, you, you ask people questions that have like discrete answers, distinct discrete answers. So you tell you ask them like, where do you live? 
How long does it take for you to get to work? How long have you been working there? What do you like about, you know, stuff like that? And so it's just easy to fall back on that kind of stuff. And I think I'm able to carry on a conversation with somebody for for a good amount. But to those that I don't really feel the need or desire to anymore, um, I can come across as, I guess, really cold or really aloof. And that might be fine to them because they might share the same view as I do about me. But I feel like I need to sort of come back from the precipice and realize that Maybe maybe there is some not reward. I think maybe there might be something they just playing the game again. What do you think about this? I do find that interesting. Um, I I I agree with you. Uh, your time is very your time is very precious, and I think it's just there. You you also feel little need to impress people. Maybe because we don't care so much as to what they think of us anymore. Yeah. Or maybe we just realize that that interaction, that that singular interaction may be the only interaction that you have with this person ever. So why would they go out of your way to make this kind of fake conversation with them, you know, mm-hmm. fake smiles and pretend like you're interested? It's just it's a, it's a lot of fake stuff going on and i don't want to say everyone that's doing it is necessarily being fake because i'm sure there are plenty of people that are genuinely interested but it just seems like you know why waste your time if you're not interested why waste your time right yeah and so so this sort of happened on friday where uh i'm there just sort of having a conversation with people and walks in some people that I guess we've sort of made it clear to each other that we don't care for each other or like we have not made uh, even an infinitesimal um, effort to want to hang out with each other to the point where we were standing maybe less than two feet from each other, just never acknowledged the other person. And I think that's, I think... I think that's okay. I think we're beyond. We're, I think we're beyond things. But at the same time, it, it might have been nice of me, or just uh, the gesture. Yeah, how empty, however empty it is, just to say, "Hey, how just you wave. doing?" Yeah, just to say, "Hey, man, good to see you. How are you?" And then just tune out. Yeah, see that one's a bit tough because I feel like if you aren't if if. If that person is even is not even on your mind, like if you're not actively avoiding that person, then I don't see a problem with it. Now, if you kind of like see the person, they see you, then I then I feel like yeah, you might as well just be like, hey, how's it going? And that'll be mm-hmm. that. Just because at that point, anytime you, you you happen to run into each other, you don't have to feel like you don't. Have, it, it's it's just not really going to be on your mind. But. Uh, yeah, I I don't think we were actively avoiding each other. I think we we made eye contact a few times, and we're just like, okay, I saw you. I saw you see me, and I know you saw me when I saw you. And I think that was about as much uh, as we needed in that moment. I mean, it's not that we... I mean, I certainly don't wish any sort of like ill will on this person. It's just don't care for each other. And I think... I think that's something that I've started to learn. There's like four groups of people 
in this world from well, really five. Uh, five groups of people in this world. There's the the easiest one is the complete stranger. You just you th- throw throw ninety nine point nine percent of the world in that one. Don't know you. Um, don't don't have an opinion of you. Um, and then on on the opposite end, you got people that you like a lot. You know, close friends, relatives, whatever. And then you got we we, we come back from that. We go you got you got people you like that are maybe acquaintances. Like you have a positive. Um, reaction when you see somebody, but it's not something that's super tangible. And then you got the people who you see them, and you go, it's like when uh, Don Draper walks into that elevator, and the guy goes, "Man, I feel so sorry for you." And he turns around, and he goes, "I don't think about you at all." Yeah. Um, I got that group of He's people. Like, who the like, hell are you? Yeah, you know, like I just, I don't. It's like great, you've made your feelings known. And uh, how did that make you feel? Kind of people, you know? And then you got the people who you don't really know, but you don't really like. I guess I guess that's how it works. Um, and I'm just sort of working on the the people of the, of the, I guess, the third variety, where you just don't ever think about them. And then should you actually run into them? I guess you should, I should make a better effort of just saying, like, hey, how you doing? But it's like the dance feels so exhausting. At least to me, it does. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what to say, man. <laughs> I feel like, uh, I, yeah, I, I think that one is just—it's tough. To, it, it's it's tough to have a a universal response or a universal solution. You know, just feel like it's going to depend um, on the person. It depends on your mood. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think about uh do you do you have anything um that you might perceive that you think other people might perceive as a weakness of yours? Um I don't so so I had a uh I had an interesting so I'll, I'll bring this back to me a little in a little bit, but I, I had an interesting um experience <laughs> yesterday. I went to a surprise birthday party for a good family friend. So uh, this is my friend Tom. He lives in the, in New York City, and his dad was turning sixty. And they they live uh, around the Westchester, or they actually live in Phoenixville. And so the uh, my, my dad and his dad are like best friends. And so his dad thought that they were going to be going uh, to dinner, or sorry, to lunch with you know just like you know his son son's his son's girlfriend his uh niece and his wife right so like five people right and mm-hmm. then he thought at 2 30 like they were going to go back to their house and then a lot of friends would be coming over to their house for tea afterward at 2 30 and so that was what they told that's what they told him however the real plan was that this lunch that they were going to go to was going to be the big surprise so all of his friends would be there and we'd all be waiting there for him and so the plan was then to show up at the restaurant at 12 o'clock and he'd arrive at 1220. Naturally, everybody's running late. But so on the way over, because my dad was running late, or my parents were both running late, Lena and I decided just to head over there ourselves. We left the house at like 1130, got there like at 1202. And we walk in and, and uh, um, his wife was still there at the restaurant. So they didn't show up until like 1250. But. Apparently what happened, because when I'm driving over, my mom calls me and is like adamant, 
or saying that my dad's adamant that the whole thing starts at 2.30. I'm like, no, I think that's the ruse. I think that's supposed to be the T. I think he's wrong or something like that. So sure enough, I confirm and, you know, it's, 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 it's actually at 12.20. So, oh God. We, uh, so I'm sitting there like hanging out with Lana for like half an hour and I'm just like, how I hope my parents call me when they're getting close just to confirm that he's there and they don't like show up in the parking lot while they're walking in. Cause that'd be a disaster. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, uh, he, the, the, the birthday, the birthday boy ends up walking in with his family and we, you know, say surprise. And then my friend Tom comes over and he goes, dude, your dad ruined the surprise. I'm like, wait, what do you mean? He's like, he pulled up like to us when we were walking in and, and, uh, and said, what's up? And he was like, you know, that's not like, this is a random like restaurant, you know, it's a, it's a hotel in, uh, Malvern. My parents aren't going, it's not, it's not, that's not a coincidence, you know? So it happened. um, Yeah. And so. I I I actually started thinking about this yesterday. It's like you know what, like you you know you do those like clumsy things. Like you you probably not like it's not like he was actively trying to ruin the surprise. He was just like, oh, let me say what's up. You know, it's it's my friend. Maybe Mm -hmm. uh, he didn't see. Maybe he didn't see them walking in. Maybe he just saw. Maybe he just saw Tom. So he was saying, hey, Tom, whatever. You know. But I actually started thinking about that yesterday when I was sitting there, like, huh, what what do I do? That people probably kind of like give me the side eye. I feel like yeah. one of them, I feel like I might interrupt people when I'm, when we're talking, like having a group conversation. And so every now and again, I find, I feel like I'm speaking a lot more than other people. And when I, when I, like, I, when I notice that, I just try to shut up and not say anything for a while and just try to pick and choose when I come into the conversations. And if I feel like I can add something to what people are saying, I just hold my tongue and I don't bother jumping in. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I think that's that might be dependent on a on a on the group that you're in, because I remember Friendsgiving at the table, and it didn't seem like you were talking over people or interrupting people. Yeah, and yeah, you you could be right that it's definitely de- it could be dependent on the people because you know the the only person that I had actually or the only person that I really knew well was you, other than Elena. And, yeah. and most of the other people there I was meeting for the first time. So that certainly could be, that certainly could be it. Um, but I feel like afterward when we were kind of hanging out at night, like after the podcast, mm-hmm. I do feel like I was being a bit more vocal and I don't know. I don't know if I ever came, if I ever noticed it. Yes. La- or not, sorry, not last, uh, during, on that evening. But I felt like I noticed it yesterday when I was having dinner or lunch with uh, with Tom, his girlfriend, and a few other people. I felt like I was talking more than others. And I was like, I don't know if I started talking because I interrupted somebody or if I started yeah. talking because it was a space and like no one was saying anything, you know? And I was like, I just need to, I need to like think about it more because I don't want somebody to feel like they can't get their words out, their thoughts. They can't express their thoughts because sure. I keep I keep chiming in to be like oh yeah i'm i felt exactly the same way and then go on about my experiences which may very well be similar to yours but there was no reason for me to say it because you were going to convey that yourself yeah i uh no i think i think that's definitely on a case-by-case and group-by-group basis um because i don't think that you are the kind of person who when put into a new room of 
like if you were to start a new job and they all took you to lunch the first day to sort of introduce you to the team, you'd be the one talking over everybody. You might be speaking a little bit more because you're the new guy and they're all sort of directing questions at you, but I don't think you're going to be like cutting people off and being like, I'm going to let you finish, but yeah, type of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, I think the more comfortable we are with people, the more comfortable we are with just like jumping in whenever we want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's that's a, that, that can be a tough one though because it's always interesting to figure out like what people's perceptions are of are you from uh, group to group. Like you've got you got like X number of group friends or friend groups, group friends, Jesus, um, friend groups, and the way. You know, your Unionville friends might see you could be different than the way your UD friends might see you from the way that your lab people see you, you know, from yeah. um, from like any other thing that you might do. And it's that's always been something that struck me as interesting because are you being your the true you in, in any group that you're in? Oh, um, yeah. What, what is the true you? What is the true you? Are you just showing a piece of you to people? Um, when you realize, like, oh, this group, we focus on this kind of stuff. So let me talk about this kind of stuff. Like, the, the conversations that you and I have when we're, we're gaming is obviously going to be different than conversations I have with other people. Um, just because we're focusing on different things. I've always... It's always... what I guess the... The tangible expression of this is when it comes to my birthday, I I very rarely, if ever, have had one big party or gathering or get together where I invite everyone that I want into one place. Just because I've seen how that works with people. We're like, oh, here's a massive Facebook invite. Everybody come. I can't wait to see everybody. And then you show up and you're like, oh, there's like nine groups here and they all sort of splinter off into their own groups. And if you're lucky, like these two amoebas might bump into each other and might stick together for a little bit and then they'll sort of bounce off again because you're more comfortable with the people you know. And so what I've done is I've just made like, I've just done really small things with each group just to, just to focus on it that way. But I feel like at some point it'll probably be good to just bring everyone in and say, Hey, this is just like I wanted everyone to be here for whatever moment this is. It's great to have everybody, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I've I've definitely I've definitely been the same way. <laughs> I don't I don't really like having like I never have birthday parties or I didn't have a graduation party in high school. Like, I just, I'm not really about that. And even, even Lena was saying that when, when I graduate, she wants to have a graduation party for me when I finish my, um, my grad nice. school, when I finish grad school. And I'm like, man, I don't know how I feel about that. She's like, yeah, oh. but you can't really stop me. And I'm like, yeah, that's but true too. I kind of, I can really kind of just say, yeah, I'd rather not, you know, I've never been the one to really be the, I, I've never really liked being, I don't hate being the center of attention, but I don't like being the one who's celebrated for the for the, the uh that being the reason that i'm the center yeah. of attention you know uh i don't want i don't really necessarily i don't necessarily want all these people over here saying oh congratulations on graduating that's so amazing 
tell us about your work. Like, it's <laughs> especially when it comes to that, like, tell us about your work. It's hard to tell people about what I do and and have it actually mean something of significance. And people always say, well, what's the practical or what, what like the down, like the, the practical applications of this? And it's really hard to say that, oh, there, this is the application because in my field, it's, we're not necessarily looking for an application. We're just like the application is the knowledge itself to understand how something works, you know? Yeah. We're, we're studying these super complex or super like, uh, I don't want to say they're super complex, but these very, uh, a very specific detail of the biology of plant cells and people want to say, okay, well, what's the, what's the application of that? And it's like, well, that's, that's it. The knowledge. Somebody can take, somebody can take what we learn or what we, what we discover and make an application out of that, but that's not what we're looking to do. And I mean, I want to say nine times out of 10 or maybe even 99 times out of a hundred, the work that people do and they're, you know, in grad school doesn't necessarily have a, a practical application that's directly related to it, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, I guess it, that's sort of an interesting, uh, tangent to another one that I have. Yeah. That was totally unrelated to what you asked me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks buddy. Uh, yeah, no problem. see you guys. Uh, it's been great. No, the, uh, another one is just, I guess how selfish I've become. Uh, I think, and this is my own view of things. I think before I was much more into like helping out other people. Um, and I think I sell them to a point. I think I'm so generous to a point, but there definitely has now been more of an inward look as I get older just so that I can take care of my business and realize that, yeah, it's important to be generous with your time and, you know, help out people when you can, but you got to do you first because if you can't do you, then you're already not going to be able to help other people. And by help, I just sort of mean like between friends you know, I'm not talking about grand, grand gestures here, but like the most valuable thing to me right now is my time. And I've over the years just been known as the guy who will like leave a party, like the Irish exit. Um, just, just get up and leave. Don't even say oh, anything to anybody. Oh, I've done that before. <laughs> I've been at a party where I had my conversation. And I was like, yeah, that's it. Um, that's all I got for you guys. And they're like, you leaving? I go, yeah, I'm gonna leave. And they're like, stay. I go, nah, I'm not gonna, not, not gonna be able to do it. Um, that almost happened on Friday. Um, my roommate and his girlfriend, they were leaving early because they had been to a, a party before. And I thought to myself, man, wouldn't it be nice just to like go home right now? Play a little Hitman, go to bed at a decent hour. Um, but then some friends said, no, you can't, you can't leave. Um, we just got here. It's, it'd be better if you didn't leave, hang out with us. And I go, well, all right, then I'll do that. Um, and that was sort of a very like tangible moment for me to, to make it, that decision. You know, do I prioritize sort of my own desires of going home 
like to me it was like what's going to give me more utility right now you know is it being home in sweatpants or as my scottish colleagues like to call them my joggy bottoms um <laughs> yeah are you going to slip into your joggy bottoms what now what'd you say um so would it be nice to be in my joggy bottoms or would it be better to like or would i have more fun being out and i think i sort of i I gambled i really did i gambled and i said you know what let me stay out i told my roommate yeah oh yeah i'm leaving uh give me two minutes uh i'll be right there he goes oh okay okay and then i was having a conversation i go nah go ahead go ahead go on without me he goes you sure i go yeah uh yeah yeah go on go on without me and i just ended up staying and i was out till like three o'clock and I had a great night, and I was just yeah. You enjoyed yourself. Yeah, and it's not to say that I I I wasn't gonna enjoy the people's company that I was with. That's not what I'm saying. It's just in that moment, was I craving the unknown, or was I craving the known quantity? You know, that's like the the classic. That's an interesting you, way to put it. Yeah, you can have X, and you know how X is gonna be. X is yeah. The comfort level, how you feel, doing what you want to do whenever you want to do it. You know what that's like. Or do you go with Y? And Y could be fine, but the ceiling is a lot higher than X. But the floor is also much lower as well. Like the standard deviation of change is a lot higher. So where is tonight going to be? Because I've definitely had it where it's it's like X where, yeah, I could have come home earlier, but, you know, I'm, I guess I'm glad I stayed out. I didn't really get too much more out of it, but, you know, that's all well and good. You've had great nights like, this is the best night of my life. I, you know, like, I can't believe... You know, what I thought this tonight was going to be and where I ended up. And then you got like, man, I really should have gone home hours ago. Like, I don't know why I'm still out. So, in that way, you know, that's sort of me sort of being super selfish and just saying, yeah, I know what X is. And you know, I'm a creature of habit, right? I know what that's going to be. Like, I like eating the same things for breakfast. I like eating the same things for lunch. And I like the same things for dinner. I like having my routines, you know, laundries on laundry. Saturday mornings, working out in the mornings, like, that's sort of my jam, but every now and then, inserting a little, a little bit of drama, as it were, um, I think that the, the decision to insert that energy, I'll be, I need to, be, I need to do better at, because usually, that energy comes from hanging out with other people, and, I just have to make myself, I guess, more emotionally and physically aware. Uh, not aware, but available to that. I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's how I feel. Yeah. Um, for me, I don't like the... So when when, when alcohol beco- becomes involved, that's when things mm-hmm. like... I, I'm already aware that... Not only is my ceiling low, but my floor is lower too. Oh yeah, you know I'm not drinking, and when people start to drink too much, they start to have like when my friends are the ones that are drinking a lot, the people that I'm hanging out with, I'm just not having fun with them anymore, and I'm just like, you know what, I'd really rather leave at this point. And yeah. a lot of times in the past, when when I was the one there, like so if it's college, I'm not driving, I'm I'm just there with people, but I still feel that social pressure to be out with them, like I can't just leave now. And mm-hmm. then I just end up sitting there, you know, miserable. And so, 
you know, that sucked. When I would go out with my friends uh, from from high school, we would go out to like Westchester. I was typically the designated driver because oh, I yeah. wasn't drinking anyway. I was, it was oh, yeah. Because everyone can drink. Everyone that wanted to drink could drink at least. And the thing is, like early on at least, that was fun for me because the people that I was with tended they tended to not drink too much. I don't know if it was because of financial <laughs> reasons or it was just kind of that's how they felt. Like they were like, "All right, I've had a couple of drinks, I'm good now," and we would we would have a good time. It was really just like us hanging out, talking. But at the same time, I would much rather do it. I'd much rather do that at somebody's like apartment or house because I can hear you. I don't have to talk over this loud music and wake up the next day with a sore throat. And it's just gone, and and over time that changed, and they started drinking more and more. And I was like, you know what, not having as much fun as I used to. And it eventually evolved yeah. to just me not going to bars or not going out typically, like at all, until you know the last year or two, where people would rather not go to the bars anymore anyway. And people then were like, yeah, let's get together at an apartment or a house and just have conversations, play like stupid games like Cards Against Humanity or whatever. Those are like to me, I'll I'll hundred percent jump at those opportunities whenever I can. Yeah, hundred percent. Because it's that small group, very easy to talk to. Like these are my friends. I'm not sitting here juggling. I'm not. There's not like sixteen different groups of people over who like I kind of know one person in that group. I, I do want to say hi to them, but I don't know the other. You know, it's not that awkward stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so like yeah, I, I I would definitely jump at those more often, but. That also involves a little bit more planning and and just uh, you know I think a lot of a lot of us are just busy and tired and you know work five days a week, come home and like you know clean up the place because somebody's coming over Friday night or Saturday night or su- Sunday for the games like sometimes you just don't really have that in you so that only happens every now and again you know if that was like a weekly thing maybe I would get a little tired of it. Yeah, I think you. I think it's about prioritizing how much fun you think you're going to have at doing something. And you're right. I I think I had the same view of alcohol as you do, Um, where people always ask you, are you drinking? No. Why aren't you drinking? And that that, that question, man, as as simple as an answer of is, oh, I don't drink, or I don't drink anymore, or I don't want to drink. People just want to find out why. People find it so weird that you don't drink. It's almost like, are you okay? Is everything okay? <laughs> we can talk about it. Oh, uh, I'm an alcoholic. Can't drink. Yeah, yeah can't drink. Can't drink. <laughs> That's when you start making up those crazy lies again, Sandy. Yeah. Dude, one drink and I am on the bar dancing. Um, what's, yeah, what's crazy is I'll be like, oh, no, I don't really drink anymore. Oh, why not? Oh, you're allergic. You're allergic. How does that work? It really works like every, any other allergy, to be honest. Um, could kill you. Uh, no. Um, and people are like, oh, so what do you, what else do you do? I go, you know, I've got other vices. What what else do you have? Oh, you know, I might, I might smoke a little bit from time to time. Oh. And and that's when the judgment comes in, you know. It's like when Bill Burr says something like, "It's all fun and games until they until you talk about something that's about them or or touches on their life, and now you're making statements." Yeah. Um. Like I didn't come out here and I didn't say that your drinking was bad, even though alcohol causes way more 
damage to society than than, than, than marijuana or or you know that the or that kind of stuff might do, or the fact that you can't control yourself when you start drinking. I know you. We've been out too many times where yep. where you're you're just flat out on your face drunk right now, and you and, and you got friends taking you home. Like yeah, that's. A- Go I was going to say quickly that I find that interesting. I find it hard to pinpoint at the moment when someone takes it too far. You know, what was the drink that put you over the edge? Because all of a sudden, people like, know. you're just way too people off the know. rails, dude. I don't, I don't, yeah, I'm sure people know and, and they're aware like, oh, this is like number six or whatever. Like, I shouldn't have this, but I'm going to do it. And, and as soon as they hit that tipping point, then it's just no, no limitations, no restrictions yeah. anymore. Now, now you're down another like five, six, seven, eight, just too much. And that's fine, because it's your life, and I ain't trying to hear, I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life, but but it's, it's, it's almost but, like respect each other's lifestyle, right? I guess that's how I see it. Like, you're grown. Yeah, my, thi- my thing with it is that you're, like, I guess that's why I'm not interested. You start off, you know, religion, right? But now it's just I've seen I've seen the way people act when when they drink, and I and I maybe it's because of those you know these are the younger people drinking you know I'm still in my twenties and whatnot. But when I would see people drink, I would see them drink way 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 more than they should, and they wake up feeling terrible, you know, vomiting, dehydrated, whatever. But then they also made a bunch of terrible decisions the night before. I'm like, you know what? I really like being conscious or like aware of of the decisions that i'm making because i tend to i tend to not make any disastrous ones when i'm sober you know i'm not saying i've never made a bad decision before but i'm just saying i i have i feel like i have more safeguards because i I, i'm aware of the consequences of that action so i'd just rather not and that's the thing when when people tend to not ask me it seems like the way people ask you and maybe it's because you used to drink and maybe these people were around you when you drank. But even in high school, I never had that peer pressure that you would see in those uh, dare films where people were like, oh, no, just have one drink. Just have one drink. Like when I would tell people, no, nah, I'm cool. They're like, all right, no problem. Every now and again, people ask me, oh, why don't you drink or have you never drank? But it never got to the point where it was annoying. But I can definitely see that being an issue for you because when you have when you say, like, you know, allergy or or it's people that you used to drink with that then they want to be like, Oh, well, what's changed for me? And nothing's changed. Right. It's, uh, I just find it cause, uh, the girl that I go see, uh, the movies and go to dinner with every Sunday, she doesn't drink as well. And I know that her experience is also similarly grading when people ask, Oh, why don't you drink? As if it's like you're a leper in society. And you're like, oh, I'm so sorry that you don't drink. Are you okay? Is Are you going to... Do you want to talk about it? It's like, nah. You asked if I wanted to drink. And I said no. And that's really it. Like... Yeah. There's nothing more. That's it. There's, there's nothing, nothing more, to man. It. Yeah. It's not like I asked you to do something crazy. Or that, you know, I'm on my last legs and I sort of said no to your help. It's just... You want to drink? No. Well, all right then. You know. Yeah. Move on. Just move on. Move on. Um. Yeah, I think those are the, some of the main ones that I think about. Oh, 
I know I know people will want to hear me say this. So, way back when, I think I was a much better. I, I used to be a much better listener in conversations, in the sense that I was an active and engaged listener, and I would take what you said, I would think about it, and then I would move on and and like sort of respond to what you said, but. I think there were a couple of conversations that I remember having where I needed to be able to think on my feet and by taking that delay of, okay, you've said this. Now, what do you mean by this? Now, how do I feel about this? Now, let me tell you, you know, the summation of of all that put together. Um, There were moments where that sort of hurt me um, and resulted in me not getting the desired outcome that I wanted. So what I started to do, and I think it, it's almost like, you know, a mountain out of a molehill, um, where I started to just anticipate the next statement or the next phrase and then sort of live in the moment where you say something, I respond. You say something, I respond. Like gut reactions to things. And because I'm focusing more of my energy on on that aspect of the conversation, I'm definitely not remembering details that people say, which is really disappointing to me because I used to pride myself on being really good at listening to details. Now I'm I'm slowly starting to reverse the process of anticipating what people want to say and then just hearing what people have to say, you know, taking it in, letting it simmer a little bit and then responding yeah that's so that's i agree with you well i feel you on that i don't want to say agree um (laughs) that's i don't want i don't want to say that i i feel like you need to work on that i i just i i understand what you're where you're coming from because and that's kind of what i was getting at too earlier when i was saying that i I feel like I may be talking or interrupting people more because I'm not waiting for you to get your thoughts out because as much as I feel like this is what you're going to say, let me just say it better for you. I, that, that might not be what you're going to say. So I just, you know, wait, sit, see if that's what you're really saying. And if, if you've basically expressed what I want to express then I'll just keep my mouth shut. If I have a slight variation or feel like I have something to add, then yeah, I can, I can speak up. But yeah, being, being a good listener, it's, 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 it's it's it can be hard to do. It should be easy to do, but it can be hard to do, and you have to catch yourself a lot. I I feel. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, though, so so that's definitely one of the one of the weaknesses that I'm actively trying to work on. It's uh, I think it it caught me by surprise. How it's on so the the dumbest way to create or to, to pick an analogy for this is you remember when we went bowling over Thanksgiving yeah and we had like a pretty close you and I were pretty close um yeah. you, uh, you, around you, the hundreds you, you, hustled, you were the hustler this time but but sure <laughs> sure why not um I don't know what I usually I'm usually I'm, I'm better at throwing like hitting the four or five pins at a time not getting spares so I don't mm-hmm. know what what went on, but uh, I think towards the end, you know, when you you needed me to mess up and I messed up, 
Um, <laughs> it was towards the end of it. It was almost like me walking up the sta- walking upstairs. Well, you've seen how I walk upstairs. I, I don't know how to walk upstairs. Right. Um, all of a sudden, I couldn't. Like I was doing so well through two games and basically twenty frames of bowling, and then all of a sudden, I go, "Huh." I don't know how to walk up to this lane. Yeah. I thought that I was thinking. I started to overthink it. I go, am I taking too many steps? Whatever. And I go, oh, no, no, no. Now the feeling is all weird. Now I don't know when to release the ball as opposed to in the beginning of bowling where it's like, yeah, it's all fine. And now that doubt has planted a seed. And now that I, like, even now when I think about it, the only thing I can think about bowling right now is how do I walk up to the lane with the ball in my hand? <laughs> Um, Hold it in front of you, take a couple steps, bring your arm back, and chuck. Yeah. It was also funny that Bale said that his, uh, what was it, his sister bowls with a heavier ball than I do? Yeah, yeah. You said yeah. you were, well, we didn't look for different, we didn't really look for different balls. Now, that's my, that's always been my problem with bowling. The the balls that they have, typically the, the lighter balls have skinnier holes because the the people that are using the lighter balls, I don't know. I guess have smaller finger, smaller fingers, so they want that they, they, you just want like a nice, a, a, more of a snug fit. But my fingers are bigger, and they can't like fit in the lighter ball. So I'm sitting there. The only ball that I can use was I think the 15 pound ball. I kept trying to find one that was a little bit lighter, but I just never could. I guess that's what you get for using the you know the communal bowling balls. You don't have one that's custom built for your for your your hand, but. I found it. I find it highly difficult. But to put a little perspective in people's minds, when you were saying that, I, I said that I need you. To, I just needed you to mess up. Like, what happened was uh, in the ninth frame of the second game, I had already finished bowling, and I think I was like maybe like fifteen points ahead of you. It may not. It may have not even been that much. But you had just bowled a spare the the uh, the frame before, and so if you bowl a spare, you get uh, ten points plus the next bowl so you get 10 points plus say you bowl five the next time you get 15 for that previous frame and you also get five for the next frame so that actually ends up being 10 points and so i think all you needed to do was hit a few pins and then maybe bowl a spare after that or if you hit a strike it would have been game over at that point and you bowled a gutter ball <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so at yeah. that point it was game over there was nothing that you could do to recover i guess it must have been more than 15 points because it must have been like 20 some points because you could have still bowl the spare and a strike after that and, and beat me if it was any less than 20 but but uh yeah that's what happened the it would have been ball, uh which was uh, which was quite rare for you you didn't i don't think i ever saw you, you maybe bowled one maybe i threw two one gutter balls i threw two gutter balls on per uh not on purpose and one I gutter think- ball on purpose just to get the pin out Oh, right, yeah, yeah. I yeah, but it was a pretty one. decent night. I was able to throw the ball, like, pretty straight. Normally, I'm, like, hooking or curving it out. But I was able to throw the ball in a pretty decent line, so. Maybe, it was a fun night. Oh, it was a great night. I think yeah. Bale might be right, though. I might need to start bowling with a 13-pound ball. I just like the way that the 10-pound ball uh, finger slots felt. You know, like to me, they just, it felt like I was gripping the ball with a 13 to 15 pound ball. It just felt like my fingers were gripping more of it. Like, cause my, I don't like my fingers aren't like that big, you know, to fit into like those massive bowling balls. 
Yeah, exactly. You want a nice fit. You don't want because yeah, if you have the if you have the if you have holes that are too big, then your your hands kind of don't like you really strain your fingers by pinching to hold yeah. it, and it just it and then you really hurt your hands. Like your fingers really start to hurt by the end of your second game, or you're really by the end of your first game. I think the thing with bowling though is that it's it's a pretty easy activity to do. Like I don't want to say I don't want. All right, hold on, let me let me let me. Yeah, you, let me you better back up. Again. You better back I up. I think. I think it's a, I think the skill ceiling is very high, but I think it's, I think it's very easy for newcomers to come in and do it. The problem is a lot of newcomers come in, but they don't have proper guidance. Like I don't have the proper guidance. I don't know what weight I should really be using for a bowling ball. I just pick up whatever my fingers fit into and I can throw, but I don't know how to properly throw it. I don't know what, what, uh, how my fingers should be really fitting inside the holes. I don't. Like I have no idea how to curve a ball, which I think is the optimal way to throw a bowling ball because of the angle to actually have yeah. the best chance of getting all ten pins down. I I can I can power my way through a few strikes every now and again just by throwing it right down the middle. But I've also had many occasions that night included where it's it's like seems perfectly down the middle and like one pin just stays up because it doesn't get hit. Um yeah, I think I think there's a lot of skill involved in it, but I do think that it's easy enough. Like the concept is easy. Oh, you throw the ball, you, you're supposed to hit ten. You're supposed to knock over ten. Great, I'm in. Yeah, um, I mean, you saw the one one uh, one frame that I bowled where the ball stuck to my thumb a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And and it just hooked out. I was like, oh gosh, oh gosh. Like I knew it the second I let it go. This isn't gonna be good, guys. I'm just going to let you know that right now. This ain't going to be good. But it's also crazy I mean, when you're walking out of the... Are... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you know it when you, when you let it go. Like, ah, oh, this yeah. is just garbage. I could just see the way it kind of like... Cause it wasn't smooth. You know, the ball came and like landed hard in the ground. And, yeah. and it was already going to the left. <laughs> yeah. Point. I was like, uh, thanks. That's when you want to dive yeah. down the lane and just like sort of like give it one more push straight. Um, probably not allowed. Um, but it was also yeah, crazy probably. walking out of the bowling alley and just seeing people score like 252, 267. It's like, yeah, yeah, you're good. Yeah, you're good. That's, uh, that's really impressive. Um, I wish yeah. I could bowl that like that. I think my highest is like a 160, 170. Oh my God. Um, what were you drinking? Y- y- the thing is like, Gatorade. if you get a, f- if you get, if you get three, four strikes in a row, so three strikes in a row gives you a minimum of 60, 60 right there i think it's 60 right yeah and so if you get four though that is uh i guess 80 70 80 and so it just it just stacks really quickly like there's a big difference between bowling five strikes across 10 frames like spread spread across 10 frames and bowling five strikes in a row like it's it's that level of consistency i think that makes that makes you a you know a decent bowler and like a really great one being able to mm-hmm. bowl multiple strikes in a row like and and that's where it becomes difficult and so when you see people with like 260 that's where I'm like geez like these people those people just bowl like eight strikes in a row to get that that's pretty damn yeah. impressive it's very tough and, and and meanwhile us over there with like 90 yeah <laughs> and it's like we are getting so hype right now cuz it's close that's the yeah, that's the that's, that's, that's the important thing. Yeah. yeah. If it's close, we're good. If it's not close, what's the point? What's the point? Yeah, it's it's 
it's imagine I imagine that's how people that people like professionals feel playing against people that that are not professionals, whether it's a sport or if it's a video game. Like if if uh you know the uh the Mark of a J on YouTube, right? This is this is like a professional I don't not a professional, but he he makes Call of Duty videos for a living. So he's a professional YouTuber, but not a professional like Call of Duty player, if that makes any sense. He's not a competitive player. So he goes into these games and he just stomps on people all day long. Just goes against people that are way worse than him and just and you know kills kills gets like a hundred kills in a game, which is which is a lot. And at the end of the day, I'm just like, but is that really fun? Like that gets tiring. Like I what I know when I'm when I'm stopping over people, if you do that for enough games in a row, I'm just like, I don't really want to do this anymore. I kinda wanna yeah. do something else. You know? Yep. Like it's it's the games that are really close. Or the games where you can perform well but are a very challenging game to win that are the most satisfying. And those are very hard to find. But yeah, I imagine like if, if I were to try to play against Bale seriously, to seriously play against him and and having him go up, you know, bowl two twenty two to two fifty or two sixty, whatever, and me over there just struggling to get a hundred. Like there's there's no fun in that for him. He there's is, no like, fun. There's nothing. There's no challenge. There's nothing interesting for him. And and at that point, he'll start doing like bowling between his legs. <laughs> yeah, and then then that's no fun. That. Yeah, that that's no I fun because like you're not you're not trying like, and it's like, are we just wasting our time right now? Should we just go? We can go. Yeah. Let's go. I feel like all right. Well, like that's how Justin felt when you were playing him in Madden. Actually, when you're sitting there on Tinder, swiping left, swiping right. Yeah. And he's like struggling to. He's like really trying hard to make these play calls that are going to trip you up and he's like oh dude you're not going to pick make you're not going to make you're not going to pick a play and you're like oh shoot here you 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 make a selection with like two seconds left on the clock right yeah then then he (laughs) then he goes to the line he he tries to make sure everything's everything's you know looking nice and dandy meanwhile you're over there not even like analyzing his 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 line you're just still swiping left swiping right i see i see the i see the yeah i see the formation he's lined up and i go yeah i know what you're about to do and then, and then you intercept him. Yeah. Then he's like, exactly. you know what? Can't do this. Not gonna be able to. No, do exactly. That. I get it. Plus, we were playing Madden twenty five, and Madden twenty five is kind of broken. Whatever. That's besides the point. <laughs> um, yeah. No. Which what year was Madden twenty five? Was that two thousand thirteen? That was. 12, fourteen. That was fourteen. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause I think that was yeah fourteen because uh, Madden came out in eighty nine. So. Oh uh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, so, so there you have it. Yeah. All right. Well, I got to get out of here. Yeah, no problem. Hour and two minutes. Yeah, I'm sorry. I got to go. All right. Well, I got, I got, I got a big, I got a big Sunday ahead of me. Got a lot of food. A big Sunday watching football. Got a lot of food. I got to eat. You watch me. You watch (laughs) me. Just pack it away today. No problem. I got to, I got to take care of this tech issues that I've been having all day. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll let you go. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right. To our listeners, thanks for listening. All right, guys. Take care. We'll see you next week.